0: this place. Amen. Jesus Christ has risen. What an incredible, incredible song and message of song. Hey, happy Easter everybody. How you guys doing today? Turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and say you look amazing. Hey, it is so great to have all of you join with us on this special Easter. Sunday celebration. And for those of you that are watching us right now online, hey, we just want you to know we love you. Hey, we are so honored that you've chosen to worship with us. And hey, church, would you give those that are watching us right now online a round of applause and welcome them into our worship experience as well. Well, Easter is all about change. Now think about it for a moment. God took the absolute Worst possible situation, which was the crucifixion and the death of his one and only son, Jesus. And God literally turned it around and used it for the good because of the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I believe with all of my heart that today, God is in this place... And Jesus is alive, and God wants to bring forth change in each of our hearts and lives. And today, God has put something special in my heart that I want to share with you. And in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 11, Paul the Apostle reminded a group of believers, followers of Jesus, there in Rome with these words He said, But Christ, turn to your neighbor and say, But Christ. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Some translations say while we were still sinners. And there is still much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration... You are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Aren't you thankful that God is no longer mad at you and me? That God is not mad, but God is sincerely passionate towards you and me. In spite of our sin. So if we... So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son. Then something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God, and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more we will be rescued from sin's dominion. And even more than that. We overflow with the triumphant joy in our new relationship of living reconciled to God all because of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ bridged the gap between our sin and God's forgiveness. Aren't you thankful for that on this Easter Sunday? Man, that is the reason why Easter is God's invitation To a changed life. Now think about that. If you're here today and and maybe you're not a regular churchgoer. And maybe you're not necessarily the the religious type. Well, I have good news for you. And the good news is this. God's not interested in religion. In fact, Easter is not about religion. Easter is not about rituals. God is, listen, God is not interested in all the rules, so to speak. Easter is not about rules. Let me tell you what he's interested in. Let me tell you what Easter is all about. Easter is about a relationship. God is about a relationship with you. And more than anything else, he wants us to know and to understand what that relationship can do when we fully trust him, when we put our faith in his one and only son, Jesus Christ. I'm just curious, how many of you have ever desired to change something about your life that would result in you being a better person? I mean, I think we would all agree, you know, that there's perhaps certain areas in our lives that we would like to change that ultimately would would result in us being a better person. But here's the thing that you need to understand. If we're going to change, if we're going to become this better person, let me tell you how not to do it. You don't start by changing on the outside. Where you start is by changing on the inside. And that's very important for us to understand. In fact, there are three things that I want you to understand when it comes to experiencing change in our lives on this Easter. And the first is this. We have to open our mind to God's power. Why is that important? Because your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. My father-in-law used to say it this way. You got to think about what you're thinking about. Turn to your neighbor and look at him and say, you need to think about what you're thinking about. Because once again, our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And sadly and unfortunately, many people in our, in our culture today have embraced, if you will, the ideas, the perspectives, the opinions of the things of this world and our popular culture in terms of what it promotes. And sadly and unfortunately for a lot of people, as a result, their minds have become closed towards the things of God. Simply because of the thoughts being influenced and shaped, their beliefs being influenced and shaped... By the things of this world. And that's the reason why change doesn't happen by us trying to change the external on the outside. It really begins by changing our thoughts. You see, it's all about changing the way we think. And what I mean by that, there's a word in the Bible that, that, it, that it helps us understand what God's plan and purpose is. And that is this. It's the word repentance. Repentance. Now, oftentimes, people associate the word repentance as being negative or condemning. But it's actually a very positive word. It's actually a life-giving word. And the thing that we need to understand about repentance is this. Repentance, according to the Bible, is translated as a change of one's mind, which results in a change of one's life. In other words, we simply come to a place in our life if we are headed in a certain direction, and that direction is taking us further away from God and we're moving in a direction that seems right in our own eyes but for whatever reason we feel like something's wrong like we're not on the right path and maybe we make some mistakes along the way and suddenly we begin to feel guilt or shame or regret because of the mistakes that we've made along the way of doing life what is right in our own eyes then suddenly what happens God is trying to get our attention and what is he saying he is saying hey I want you to stop Moving in the direction, stop living the way that you're living. And here's what God is saying. I want you to change your mind. I want you to agree with me about the spiritual direction of your life. And he says, I want you to do 180. He said, I want you to move back towards me. He said, I want you to move back to my good plan and perfect will for your life. That's what change is all about. It's a changing of our mind, which leads to a change of life. Romans 12, verse 2 says it this way. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. Notice, through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. You see, when we shift our perspective... And we open our minds to the reality that God is real, that he exists, and that God loves us, and that God wants to help us, and that God wants a relationship with us. I'm telling you, it changes everything in our lives. But here's the thing, so often we try to make changes in our lives on our own. And it's impossible for you to try to fix something or change something about yourself apart from the power of God. It's impossible. Have you ever tried to change your past? Have you you ever tried to maybe break an addiction in your life or a bad habit? Have you ever tried to fix a broken relationship that you evidently just cannot seem to fix or change? And the reason why we can't is simply because without God, it is impossible for us to live the, resurrection, the resurrected power that God wants us to experience so that his power is the thing that changes those areas of our lives that we don't have the power to change. When our son, Luke, we have three kids, our youngest, we have two girls and a boy. Our youngest, Luke, when he was a little boy, uh, he had a little toy computer that we bought him. And one evening we were in our oldest daughter's uh, bedroom and uh, we were all on our uh, daughter's bed, and we were just kind of uh, hanging out, just talking as a family. Our son, Luke, at the time, he was just a toddler, and I'll never forget, uh, he, was, he was totally enamored with his little toy computer. It was brand new, so he was captivated by it. So this little toy laptop computer obviously was dependent upon the power source. So it had this power adapter, this little cord, that, this power cord that you would plug into the wall. And then, of course, the other end, just like a normal laptop, you would take the other end of that cord and you would plug it into the back of the computer. But here was the problem. The problem was is that when he plugged it into the wall and then he tried to plug it into the back of the computer, when he plugged it into the back of the computer, it pulled the power plug out from the wall. So then he would go over there to the power plug there on the wall, and he would plug it in. But when he plugged it into the wall, it pulled it out from the back of the computer. And this happened time and time again. And so we began to notice what was going on, and we were just kind of putting our hands over our mouths, trying to keep from busting out laughing because we didn't want... Him to think we were laughing at him, but it was so funny watching him because you could just sense the angst. You you begin to sense the frustration and the confusion because he was trying to figure out what was going on and he couldn't solve the problem. And yet here we were as his parents who could see what he was doing, who saw exactly what he needed to do, and all he had to do was to simply look up and ask for help, and we could have helped him solve his problem. And that is exactly the way most of us live. Most of us live our lives trying to change things that we can't change, trying to fix things that we cannot fix, while all along God is saying, look to me. Look, look to me and let me help you. God is inviting us into this relationship where we can tap in and plug in to the ultimate power source. And that is the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. Because it's through his resurrection that allows us to experience the kind of change that God wants to bring about in our lives. But the problem was, just like many of us. He was focusing on the external rather than focusing on the internal. Have you ever wondered why so many people just continue down this path of trying to just figure things out on their own? And eventually what happens is that most people, a lot of people, will close their mind towards the things of God. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, it says it this way. Paul said, Live no longer as the Gentiles do. Those are the the unsaved. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because, notice carefully, they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Have you ever wondered what it is or why people close their minds towards God? Man, there's a gazillion reasons why, but there are three specific that I see a lot in people. One of the reasons why a lot of people close their minds towards God is simply because of hurt. I can't tell you how many people that I've had conversations with who have been hurt or maybe burned by a so-called Christian in the church. And the Christian, the so-called believer, you know, basically was living a double life, a double standard. In other words, they were a hypocrite. They, they said one thing, but yet they lived something different. And as a result, people became disillusioned and hurt by that. And they're thinking, well, if that's what God is all about, what happens? They begin to close their mind toward God. Another reason is simply because of pride. A lot of people close their mind toward God because they kind of come to that place where they realize that, you know what? I want to do what I want to do. I want to live my life the way I want to live. I want to do what feels right for me. I want to live my own truth. I want to live according to what is right in my own eyes. And as a result, they close their mind towards the things of God. And another reason is simply because of fear. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people who often fear that God is going to turn them into something that they Don't really want to be turned into. And then the flip side of that, a lot of people fear that if they give their life over to God, that they won't be able to actually live out their faith. They're going to mess up. They're going to fall and they're going to fail. So because of fear of letting God down and letting other people down, they just close their mind towards God. Well, let me share something with you. I have good news. The good news is you will never be able to live the Christian life. It's impossible. But here is the better half of that. The better half of that statement is Jesus Christ can live his life through you if you'll give him a chance. And that's where the resurrection power of Jesus Christ takes effect. You see, Jesus didn't come into the world to make bad people good. Jesus came into the world to make dead people alive. And I'm here to tell you, if you're here today, and maybe you're in a situation or in a place where you feel like your life is headed in a, toward a dead-end road, or maybe you're in a dead situation related to your marriage or a relationship, Or maybe your hopes and your dreams and your aspirations, for whatever reason, seemingly have died. I'm telling you, if you have lost all hope, I'm telling you the resurrection power of Jesus Christ can resurrect your life, can resurrect your marriage, can resurrect your past, can resurrect everything that God has planned and purposed for your life. So we have to open our minds. We have to open our minds. To the truth that God is real, that he exists, that he loves you, and he wants nothing more than to help you experience everything that he has for your life. I love what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 19 through 20. Paul said, I also pray, listen to this, that you will understand The incredible greatness of God's power. For us who believe him, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And so today, all we have to do is open up our mind and be willing to embrace God's power to change those things in our lives that we cannot change on our own. And can I just have a word with all the men in the house. Let me see all the men. Let me see your hands. Get your hands up in the air, all the guys. Guys, I'm starting next Sunday a two-week emphasis toward the men. We're calling it Mandemic. And I believe with all of my heart that as men, we need to rethink the way we lead our lives and lead our families and lead in the areas of influence that God has called us to lead. And men, I encourage you, do not miss the next couple of weeks. And ladies, make sure you get your man here, okay? Because trust me, listen, men, I'm telling you, this can be life-changing and life-giving. So invite your other men friends that you know at work and people that, listen, that you associate with, get them here. Because they too need to experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in their lives. So where does change begin? It starts by opening our minds to God's power. And when we open our minds to God's power, His resurrection power, listen to this. When we embrace the truth that God is real, that He exists, that He loves us, He wants to help us, and He longs for a relationship with us, then something else happens. And that's the second thing. When it comes to change in our lives, we have, that means that we can open our heart to God's grace. It's impossible to open your heart to God's grace if your mind is closed to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. But when we open our mind to God's power, we can open our heart to God's grace. You say, what is grace? Let me tell you what grace is. Grace is God giving you and me what we need, not what we deserve. Aren't you thankful for that? I love the fact that grace is receiving God's forgiveness in our life before we even ask. And the good news is, is that regardless of who you are, where you've been, how bad you've blown it, how bad you've messed up, the good news is this, God's grace is for you. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God who is a God of second chances? Aren't you thankful that we have a God who's willing to give us what I call a spiritual mulligan, a spiritual do-over in life? Man, we all need a do-over in life. We all need a new beginning. And only God can bring that kind of change and new beginnings in our lives. And it happens when we open our mind to God's power and when we open our heart to God's grace. In Ephesians 1, verses 7 and 8, Paul said it this way. He is so rich. In kindness and grace, that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Let me share something with you today. Many of you in this room need a second chance. You need to receive God's grace. In fact, let me read something to you. In Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved. Through faith, by faith. Nothing that you could ever do could earn God's salvation. For it is, for it was God's love gift that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. In other words, salvation is not something that you and I do for God. Salvation is something that God has done for you and me through the finished work of Calvary. When Jesus said, it is finished, he fulfilled and he accomplished the mission that the Father had sent him to fulfill. And that was to die for your sins and for mine. And so today, that's what I call the Etch-a-Sketch verse. (laughs) That simply means that, listen, God can help us wipe the slate clean. And it's not by our doing. It's simply because of what Jesus has already done for you and me. You see, people spell religion D-O. But God spells salvation D-O-N-E. It was paid in full. When I was 18 years of age... I grew up as a preacher's kid, raised in church all my life. Um, I tell people all the time, I was a drug addict. You say, really? Yeah. I was drugged to church every Sunday, every Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever the church doors were open, I was there. My parents were dragging me in. I'd go kicking and screaming. When I was six, I supposedly gave my life to Christ, but be honest with you, I don't really remember anything that I did. When I grew up, became a teenager and got into high school, I had no hunger for God. There was no desire for the things of God. I knew how to kind of fake it and go through the motions. I knew what to say and how to say it to kind of get people to back off or get off my back. And I felt a lot of pressure because of the expectations that people placed on me because I was a preacher's kid. And I resented it. And I had a lot of guilt. And there was a lot of spiritual confusion. And I honestly, I was in bondage to doubts in my life. When I was 18, I went to a small church in Fort Worth, Texas where my oldest brother shared one night his personal testimony. And when he shared his story, I just knew that he had had shared something about his life, and he had something, he had experienced something that I had never experienced. I just knew that there was something missing in my life. And that night, God spoke to me and revealed to me that what was missing was a relationship with him. I had Jesus in my head, but not in my heart quite frankly, if I would have died before that night on April 22nd, 1984, I would have missed heaven by 18 inches. You say, what do you mean? That's the distance between one's head and one's heart. When my brother shared his story that night, and God spoke to my heart and revealed to me that I needed a relationship with him, when he invited the people to bow their heads and close their eyes for a moment, I got up out of my seat. This was very uncharacteristic of me. When he was in the closing prayer, I walked up to my brother. I kid you not. I walked up to my brother. He had a handheld microphone in his hand, and they had steps that led up to the stage. I made my way up to the second or third step, and my brother saw me, and he put his hand over the microphone, and he said, What do you need? I promise you. He said, what do you need? And I looked up into his eyes and I said, Daniel, I need Jesus. His eyes got as as big as silver dollars. And you know what my brother did that night? My brother took his Bible and he took his microphone and in front of the entire church, he led me to faith in Jesus Christ. And that night, ask Jesus to step out of heaven and to step in my heart. I open my heart to God's grace. I tell people all the time, I'm not what I want to be. I'm certainly not what I ought to be. But because of Jesus Christ, I'm not what I used to be. And I believe that there are some of you here today, on this Easter, what you need more than anything is you need to open your mind. Listen to this to the power that only God can give to you. If we will open up our mind to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, He will give us the supernatural power to do what we could never accomplish on our own. And when we shift our perspective and we embrace the truth that God is real, that He exists and that He loves us and He wants to help us, then we can open our heart to receive His truth. But we've got to understand, the Bible says, what it is that he wants us to do. And we've got to be willing to embrace the fact that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and trust him to forgive us and to cleanse us, listen, he will do it. And I'm telling you, there is nothing greater then knowing that you are at peace with God, that knowing that your name is written in heaven, and knowing that even though even though you're not perfect, nor will you ever be, your sin has been forgiven, your past has been erased, you have a new beginning, you have a new life and a new purpose, and listen, a new hope to live for, because all eternity is yours in a place called heaven that Jesus is preparing for you. So today... I want to encourage you to do what I did. Give your life to Jesus. And after you give your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you to do what I did. Because the very next Sunday, I went into my church where I grew up as a kid, and I got baptized. You see, when I was six, I got baptized. But here's what happened. I went down dry and I came up wet. But on April 22nd, 1984, when I gave my life to Jesus, the very next Sunday, when I got with my pastor and he took me into the baptistry, you know what happened? I was buried with Christ in baptism and I was raised to walk in a brand new life. I said goodbye to the old life. And I said hello to a new life. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you have never been baptized after you've given your life to Jesus Christ, man, you need to get baptized next Sunday. Go to the tent out in the front in the foyer, in the uh, courtyard and say, hey, I want to get baptized. I'm telling you what an incredible moment you can mark in your life. And what a great testimony and witness that you can share with those that will be there to celebrate your new relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we open up our mind to God's power and we open up our hearts to God's grace, we can open our lives to God's love. You know, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, if not my most favorite, is John 3.16. How many of you know John 3.16? What does it say? For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Some consider that to be the 25 greatest words ever written. And I want you to know today that God loves you. Look at me and listen to me. Those of you watching online, listen. God made you so that he could love you. God made you so that he could know you. God made you so that he could have a relationship with you. And you know what God desires? He desires for you and he desires for me to love him, to know him, And to have a relationship with him. That's it. You were made to know God, to love God, and God made you so he could know you and love you. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. And my question to you is this, do you have it? Do you have it? You say, Rodney, you don't understand. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what kind of mistakes I've made. You, know, you have no idea what kind of past I'm guilty of. That's what grace is all about. You see, God has already forgiven you, even though you haven't even asked. Grace is giving you what you need, not what you deserve. You are not what you did. you are who God says you are you are a son you are a daughter of the king of kings and the lord of lords and he wants you to come home today he wants you to get things right between you and him that's why Jesus died remember he bridged the gap between our sin and his forgiveness. This is a true story. Many years ago in Madrid, Spain, there was a father and a son who had evidently gotten into an argument. They don't a lot of people don't know exactly what had happened. A lot of the details to the story aren't necessarily filled in, but Only one could assume that there was this conflict, and the son decided to leave the house. And basically, he just left, went out onto the streets of Madrid. The father started feeling guilt over what had happened and suddenly began to kind of feel somewhat distraught over the fact that his son was now missing because he had not come back home. Day after day, the son continued to be missing. And day after day the father continued to feel the guilt and ultimately began to feel the sense of urgency to find his son he went to the streets and he literally went all throughout the city asking people showing picture sh- showing people pictures of his son and out of really just coming to a place of desperation he decided to do something he decided to Run an ad in the local paper called the El Libro. And here is what the ad simply said. His son's name was Paco. And the father said in the ad, he said, Paco, meet me at the Hotel Montana at three o'clock next Tuesday. The very next Tuesday came around, and the father went to the Hotel Montana. Little did he know that over 800 men by the name of Paco would show up at the Hotel Montana. All seeking and searching for the same thing. And that was a father's love. To be restored with a relationship between them and their father. And that's what God longs to do for you and me. He wants to receive us. He wants to welcome us home. Listen, He wants to make wrongs right in your life. And we can experience that when we open up our minds to God's power. We open up our hearts to God's grace. And we open up our lives to God's love. That's what Easter is all about. Easter is all about change. And it's God's invitation to you and me to experience that changed life. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, I'm going to ask that no one leave during this time. I know we have some volunteers and others that need to slip out. And I'm going to ask them just to go ahead and do that and do that discreetly. But as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you're watching us online today, I just want to invite you just to take in this moment as well in a quiet place, in the quietness of your heart. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you know beyond any question, beyond any doubt, that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? If you're uncertain or unclear, there's still a question mark in your heart about where you stand in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're kind of like me. Maybe you've known about Jesus in your head, but there's just something missing in your heart. Man, what a greater opportunity than right now. There's no time like right now, right where you are, to solidify that and to nail that down and to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life right here, right now, on this Easter Sunday. You can do the same thing there online. Today, if you have that desire to experience God's grace, His forgiveness, and to allow Jesus Christ to take up residence in your heart, and allow Him to be your Lord and your Savior, and to allow Him to help you change the things in your life that you cannot do on your own. If that's your need and your desire, would you pray this prayer in your heart? Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. and I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross. and You arose again. And by faith, I'm inviting you, Jesus, into my life. To forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. If you happen to have prayed that prayer just then all over this place today, in the house. If you prayed that prayer, would you let me know by just simply holding up your hand high toward heaven today, saying, yes, count me in today. On this Easter, I just invited Jesus Christ into my heart and into my life. That's awesome. Any others? Just keep your hands raised for just a moment longer. I want to celebrate with you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any others? Any others? Thank you. Put your hands down. You know, for some of us in this room, maybe we're a follower of Jesus. We've made that decision before. But maybe you've drifted spiritually. Maybe you're not where you could be. Maybe you're not where you should be. Maybe you've gotten disconnected from church, from the spiritual things. And maybe it's time today to renew and restore and and really recommit your life back to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can start afresh and anew right here at Rethink Life. And our prayer is that today, if you don't have a church home, that you will allow us to be your new spiritual family as brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can grow and become all that God has destined for our lives. Together, God wants to do something in each of our lives. Father, we thank you for these who have lifted their hands. Thank you for those that made life changing decisions, Lord, for the others today who are renewing and restoring, Lord, that relationship with you. God, we just thank you for all that you have done and all that you're doing and that all that you will continue to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening.